teaching text today is Romans 12, 6 through 8. And it says, we have different gifts according to the grace given to each of us. If your gift is prophesying, then prophesy in accordance with your faith. If it is serving, then serve. If it is teaching, then teach. If it is to encourage, then give encouragement. If it is giving, then give generously. If it is to lead, do it diligently. If it is to show mercy, do it cheerfully. Thank you. And we continue on with Jeremiah 1, 4 through 11. Now the word of the Lord came to me saying, before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. And before you were born, I consecrated you. I appointed you a prophet to the nations. Then I said, ah, Lord God, behold, I do not know how to speak for I am only a youth. But the Lord said to me, do not say I am only a youth. For to all whom I send you, you shall go. And whatever I command you, you shall speak. Do not be afraid of them, for I am with you to deliver you, declares the Lord. Then the Lord put out his hand and touched my mouth. And the Lord said to me, behold, I have put my words in your mouth. See, I have set you on this day over the nations and over kingdoms to pluck up and break down, to destroy and to overthrow, to build and to plant. And the word of the Lord came to me saying, Jeremiah, what do you see? And I said, I see an almond branch. Then the Lord said to me, you have seen well, for I am watching over my word to perform it. The word of the Lord. It's been a morning, right? We're rolling. It's a little messy. It's, it's a little chaotic. This is what having kids is all about. I hear, you know. But we're going to keep it moving. For the sake of time, I'm going to cut off all the like typical funny jokes and lighthearted stories to warm you guys up. Uh, so buckle up. We're about to just fly, okay? I'm going to pray for us and we're going to get started. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for this morning. Thank you for my new brothers and sisters. I know the party in heaven was even bigger than the one we just had. I thank you for your spirit that restores, that renews, and that gifts us. So, Father, as we enter into your words, may these meditations of my heart and the words of my lips be pleasing to you. And through them, Father, would you teach us and guide us and lead us forward as we unpack what it means to be a leader in your economy. And we say all this in the name of Jesus. Amen. Okay, so here we go. At the end of Romans 12, you get right into that passage. Uh, Paul is just pointing out these different gifts. And I found something really important that he switches it up right as he's talking about leadership, right? So if you look at that, we can put that on the screen. There's a roll call of gifts when it says to prophesy, hey, prophesy. The imperative is just do the gift. There's a caveat as much as you have faith, but just do it. When you serve, serve. When you teach, teach. Encourage, encourage. This is not a big deal. The point is just start, right? And then there's a slight shift when we get right into giving, right? We still give, but now there's also a focus on how and the manner in which we give. Don't just give. We should give cheerfully. We should give generously. And then when we get to leading, well, it's not even about the leading. It's all about how. It says when it's to lead, do it diligently. Do it diligently. That's a funny word. Diligently for us in our society and in uh, the American ethos to do something diligently is to like just 
settle in. It's hard work. You buckle down, you pull up your bootstraps, and you get it done. You don't stop, and you overcome, right? But the root of that word is a Latin word called diligere, and, and that word actually means to, to, to take a joy or a delight in something, to set your mind on it. So there's this, this object of setting ourselves on a course, but not in some kind of like born down, bare down, gritting our teeth, but in a joy that springs forth. Something that we take delight in. That is how we lead, right? Now, leading in America is a multi-billion dollar industry. There are books, podcasts, seminars, workshops, three-day weekends, uh, Skype calls, all of the things that you can take to teach you how to be a leader. And oftentimes, I would roughly say scientifically, 97% of those uh, methods all kind of funnel you into one kind of specific way of leadership. Typically, a very masculine view of leadership, right? A very alliterative view of leadership. Command, confidence, concise. Only use two words and let them figure out the rest, right? You gotta conserve your energy, you're a leader. I'm not going to give you the tips of leadership today. What I really want to do and what I feel the Lord leading us in is I want to give you a framework. Because here's the thing. Um, when we look at Romans, right, and it tells us that we each have different gifts. And with each of us having different gifts, there's also different applications of those gifts. And so I'm not quite sure that there's one particular view of a leader. We had three different students on stage today, and I would call each of them a leader in the very different ways, right? Jaden is a baller, as he likes to call himself. He, you know when Jaden enters the room and he commands it, right? He holds court. But I beat him on the court, so don't let him forget about that. And then we have Molly. Molly is a fantastic singer, but she, she, can, she's, she can get on stage. But if you were to see Molly in a room, she, like she said, she just likes to read a book in the corner, right? So she likes to be by herself, but if necessary, she can get on the stage. And then we have Olivia, who's like, she's like the, the, the strong, silent rock in our youth group. She keeps herself. She kind of helps where needed. But man, is she just a powerhouse of wisdom and authority and love. Did you hear the things she was saying? I'm, we're going to put that video on the website, and I challenge you to go back and just listen to how she talks about what Jesus is doing in her life and the Holy Spirit falling on her. Okay. But they're three completely different students. And I don't think that God is trying to lead each of them into a place where they stand before you and give some speech or talk. That's not who they are. Right, But he is calling them to lead in their own ways. And so if, it's not, if we can't nail down one simple way of leadership, I believe that there are a couple of principles and a couple of things that help give us a framework to be the leader that God wants us to be. And we're going to jump in. And for that, we're going to go to Jeremiah. Jeremiah 1. Now, Jeremiah was young. He's in the reign of King Josiah, uh, basically to kind of frame the time. This is a tumultuous time in Israel's history. They're split into two kingdoms, Israel in the north, Judah in the south. Uh, Jeremiah is a southern prophet, and there's this, there's this coming, uh, there's this reckoning coming, right? So under uh, kings of old, there has been a ton of idolatry, uh, 
and forsaking of God. And Josiah is a righteous king and he's trying to turn things around, but his efforts aren't good enough. And so Jeremiah is known as the weeping prophet and he comes and he brings a hard word um, that reckoning is coming and that God's people um, will, will be facing judgment. And they do. Uh, but the book of Jeremiah starts off with the calling of Jeremiah and I think it's so instructive to us. And I want us to just go through it in really three things. I want you to listen to it one more time. Jeremiah 1, starting in verse 4, says this, Now the word of the Lord came to me, saying, Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. And before you were born, I consecrated you. I appointed you a prophet to the nations. Then I said, Ah, Lord God, behold, I don't know how to speak, for I am only a youth. But the Lord said to me, Do not say I am only a youth. For to all whom I send you, you shall go. And whatever I command you, you shall speak. Do not be afraid of them. For I am with you to deliver you, declares the Lord. Then the Lord put out his hand and he touched my mouth. And the Lord said to me, behold, I have put my words in your mouth. See, I have set you this day over the nations and over kingdoms. To pluck up and to break down. To destroy and to overthrow. To build and to plant. And the word of the Lord came to me saying, Jeremiah, what do you see? And I said, I see an almond branch. Then the Lord said to me, you have seen well, for I'm watching over my word to perform it. Okay, we've been looking at Romans. We've been looking at the day of Pentecost, right? We're in the season of Pentecost. But it's the same God and the same Holy Spirit at work. So we're going to go back to the Old Testament to see how he was working. And this is what we get first and foremost, verse 4 and verse 5. The word of the Lord says, before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. And before you were born, I consecrated you. Godly leadership works when we are walking out the path that God has laid for us. When we think about leadership in the kingdom of God, like I said, it's easy to fall into the trap of the world, which says to be a leader, right, is to, is to power stance. It's to get up tall. It's to not be dominated. It's to dominate, right? It's to find your opponent's weakness, and then you just turn it. I guess it's one way. But that's not the full way, because like we said, there are plenty of leaders, and they operate in different ways. And so then what it calls for us is that if we're going to be a godly leader, we have to find the path that God has laid for us and how he has uniquely called us into the things that he wants us to do. So often we can get so confused and so frustrated because we're looking at someone else's path, wondering why we're not going where we're trying to go. And God's like, well, I didn't tell you to walk that way. I got it. I got it. I'm just going to go this way. No, it doesn't work like that. You know the old saying, uh, it may look, the grass may look greener in the other yard, but it probably gets more rain. So that means we've got to figure out what the path is, right? If we're going to be godly leaders, if we're going to exercise our lift of, of, of gift of leadership, we have to figure out then what does it mean to walk in the path that God has for me, right? This isn't some kind of like, new age, my truth, your truth kind of thing, right? This is more God's direction for my individual path in life. But how do we do that? What does that mean? I hear that question all the time. Cool. How, how many of you have said this? I pray all the time, God, you just tell me what you want me to do. You tell me where you want me to go and I'll go. And God's response is, oh, well, you start going and I'll tell you where I want you to go. You're killing me. Right? 
Romans 12, what we're framing with, I think that has a, a good answer for us. Romans 12, 2 says, do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your minds. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. How do I get on the path and know I'm on the path of leadership that God has set for me? Well, we, tra- we allow for the transforming and the renewing of our minds. How do we do that? Well, that comes through time with the Lord. That comes through communing with his people, right? That comes through digesting his word. All those things slowly start to transform you. Uh, My wife, um, when we got married, we've been married two and a half years now, there was this thing that used to happen without fail every time we went out to a party. We would go to a party, we would have a great time, we would leave, we'd get on the train, we'd get off the train, we're walking home and we're having this beautiful just like, you know, late walk home, enjoying the air, and then it hits me. I've got to use the bathroom. (laughs) And her legs are so short. (laughs) And so first I just try to like speed up the pace a little bit. Like, baby, I just love you. Let's just keep walking and stuff. And then it's not working. So if we turn that corner, there's still like half an avenue to go. And at some point I would just go, you know what, love? I love you. This has been a beautiful evening. I got to go. And I'm just taking off. And there's just this me running down to get to the bathroom in time. It's true. (laughs) But what has happened lately, this has been amazing. If you hung out with me lately, you've noticed this now, how how the story has changed. We go out, we have a great time with friends. We get up to leave. And right when I'm about to walk out, there's a voice. An angel. Go use the restroom. Okay, I'm going to go use the restroom, guys. I'll be right there. And turns out, I don't know if you guys know this, but if you use the restroom before you leave a place, you can get to the next place and not have to run. It is amazing. Thank you, my wife. I've lo- I learned that from her. But that's come from time because she does it all the time. She's like, yes, duh, you dummy. This is what you do, right? You don't have to run. But in our time together, she started to rub off on me. And so now she's not even there and I just know, hey, I got to go. I got to do this. The same thing happens somewhat when we sit with the Lord, when we spend time with him, when we get to know him, his ways start to become our ways. And when his ways are our ways, then we can just live. No one prays on the deodorant now. You just pick one and go. Right? You know what you need. You know what you're there for. You get one and you go. The Lord wants to get us to that point. And the way that we get there and the way that we stay there is when we spend time with him, we get to know him. He transforms and renews our mind, and then we can just walk. Okay. I'm with you on that. But that's what Jeremiah said. How many times have we said that? Verse 6. Then he said, oh, God. Ah, oh, God. I'm with you, but behold, I do not know how to speak. I'm just a youth. I'm just a, I only make, I only have, we're, answer whatever it is, the excuses that we bring to the Lord. God, have you forgotten how broken I am in this? I can't walk this path. Here's the thing, God's leadership calling 
in our life takes into account our strengths and our weaknesses. God's leadership calling takes into account our strengths and our weaknesses. And this is not in just like a, you know, when you go into the, do the resume and you do the interview, like what are your weaknesses? And you're just like, I just really like to stay late at work. Um, you know, I, I really just, you know, sometimes I can be too exuberant getting to the copier uh, to just, you know, do that thing before anybody else. You know, those fake weaknesses we want to strip. No, God wants your real weaknesses. Your, your, the depth of your brokenness. And not just because he wants to restore it, but because he wants to use it. Paul says it this way in 2 Corinthians 12. But he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. This is God saying, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, Paul says, I will boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses so that Christ's power may rest on me. That is why, for Christ's sake, I delight in weaknesses and insults and hardships and persecutions and difficulties. For when I'm weak, well, then I'm strong. That is the upside down of leadership in God's economy. This isn't just strengths finder. It's actually weakness finders. Where are my weaknesses so, Lord, you can use them? And I'm not going to hide them, and I'm not going to sugarcoat them, but I'm going to be real, and I'm going to be honest about them, and I'm going to own them, because then, and only then, man, God, your power can rest upon me. I've been doing ministry for a long time, and I've shared a lot of stories with a lot of people. And I can tell you that the ones that have always connected the most the ones that I always hear back when people are like, you know what, you said this to me and that really helped, hasn't been the ones where I'm like, let me tell you how I got this right. All right, I was doing the right thing and I kept doing the right thing, God worked it out, amen, hallelujah. No, it's always the one where I tell them about how I desperately messed up or how broken I am and how the Lord has been working to redeem me. And without fail, when I've shared those stories time and again, people have come back and said, that helped me. That changed my life. Our weaknesses are not our weaknesses. They are, in fact, our strengths. And so if we're going to practice the gift of leadership in God's economy, well, then we have to be people acquainted with brokenness, our own and that of others. There's a lot more I want to say, but there's, there's one I just, I'm going to say it and then I won't really unpack it, but verse 9 through 10 Godly leadership comes with godly equipping, okay? God gives you what you need to do. Uh, I have a great story about that, but it's one where I'm really good, so you can just catch me and I'll tell it to you. It's fine. Um, I want to kind of gloss over that because I want to get to this last one because the Lord gave me this uh, about three weeks ago, and I have a feeling in my heart that it's for someone who needs to hear it today. And so I don't want to, I want to give it all the time it deserves. I want us to look at verse 11 and we're going to wrap up on this. Jeremiah says, and the word of the Lord came to me saying, Jeremiah, what do you see? And I said, I see an almond branch. Then the Lord said to me, you have seen well for I'm watching over my word to perform it. Let me read this again. And this time I want you to just, just really listen to the words and see how they make no sense. Okay. And the word of the Lord came to me saying, Jeremiah, what do you see? And I said, I see an almond branch. Then the Lord said to me, you have seen well, 
for I am watching over my word to perform it. What do those two things have to do with one another? An almond branch? What are we talking about here? The Lord brought me to this passage and I read that and I was just like, I don't make, it doesn't make sense. And then I dug a little deeper and this is what I found. In the Hebrew, the word for almond is shakade. Jeremiah says shakade, I see a shakade, I see an almond branch. And God responds, you have seen well, for I am shakad over you. Shakad means to watch over. They look almost identical. It's easy to mix them up. Jeremiah, what do you see? I see an almond tree. I see a shakad. Or I see a shakade. And God says, you're right, I'm shakading over you. What does that mean for us? In God's leadership, missteps become first steps. Sometimes we can get so tight when we, we say, God, I, I want to follow you. I'm down for it. Okay, I even have a sense, right? I even have an inkling of what you've called me to do, but I'm scared because I'm afraid I'm going to mess up. I'm afraid... Right now, because there's a decision you've put in front of me, and I know, but I'm just really scared, I'm going to mess it up. I'm going to shakade it. And yet God takes our mess up, and he turns it to our good. Our mess up becomes our come up. Because that's what he can do. And that just astounded me. I see an almond tree. You're right. I know what you meant. You're right. I folded what you said right into what I'm doing. Because listen to what he says. You have seen well, for I am watching over what? So I'm watching over my word to perform it. God says, I am watching over my word to perform it. He's watching over you, but really he's watching over his plans and purposes. The plans and purposes of God cannot be thwarted. That's the word for us today. The plans and purposes for God has not been thwarted. And so if we're going to be godly leaders, there are going to come times and places where we're going to have to walk into territories and to tackle things that seem scary, that seem impossible. We got to make that career change. We got to give this thing up. We got to go for this goal. We got to do whatever it is. And it's going to be terrifying because you're going to say, I will screw this up. I've screwed up things in the past, God. And he says, my plans and purposes will not be thwarted. And I'll take what is broken and I'll make it for your good. And I don't know who that's for, but I just, I just, Pray that you hear it and receive it. Um, The Lord wants you to just go. And he will provide the way. He is a quipper. My youth. I love you guys. Jeremiah was like, I can't because I'm too young. He wasn't too young. You guys aren't too young. You're already leading. 
You're already doing it, and we need you to keep doing it. Hutch, we need you to keep doing it, buddy. This world needs it. Let's be honest. And what I'm about to say is not some political thing. I don't care who's in office, right? Because, yes, there's children being separated from their families in the south, but Rikers Island is up north right here, right? If we're going to be the people of God, if you guys are going to be the leaders that we need, right, your leadership has to be derived from something other than political affiliations or where you grew up or what school you went to or your culture in which you came from. It has to be on something stronger and more secure than that. It has to be based on the word of God that is effective and everlasting and is relevant for all people at all times and all places. And if you let that be your guide, If we stand on that leadership, then we can go into scary places. We can go into a world that is so divided and broken. And we can speak truth. And we can set captives free. We can bring hope to the lost. We can be refuge for the refugees. We can, we can change prisoners. And we can see the kingdom come in heaven as it, uh, here now as it is in heaven. But we got to start with that. And I know you guys can do it. I see it every day. Hutch memorizes all of our scripture and just buries it in his heart. And it comes out in the most unexpected ways, and I love it. Ethan is such a great leader. He's one of our next oldest, and he's always starting some new venture. He's a filmmaker, and he tells the most amazing stories. One I'm so proud of. We just had it in the film. Christian. Christian is his own man. He's just such, he's such a dynamite. He is a, he is a leader in every sense of the word. Something's going on. Christian's usually in front of it. Malachi. Malachi gave our announcements this morning. Let me tell you about, man, Malachi is, his name means my messenger. And he will be a messenger for God because this boy has got, he's got so much wisdom. Bella, my homegirl. Bella's about to go to China for five weeks and teach English, right? <clears throat> she's, she's what she's, I told her this the other day. I said she's a refuge for people. She's so full of mercy. And if you need someone to stand beside you, she'll stand beside you in the darkest times. Don't get her mad. She can, she can get spicy. <laughs> she's nice. Fiona. Fiona's a rock. She's just down for whatever you need to get done. Fiona does it. She's a helper and she really just desires to live a life that honors the Lord. I'm so proud of her. I feel like I'm forgetting some more. I'm like Lily, Chloe. Chloe's our stage girl. Beautiful voice. Lily is captain of her soccer team. She was just telling me a story the other day of how, you know, she was, what was it, like you got slide tackle and you almost want to retaliate, but she didn't. She was good, <laughs> setting an example. And we got a lot more kids I can talk to, talk about. Jacob, Jacob is awesome. He's our soccer player. 
He comes in. He keeps us cool. He's always the life of the party, bringing everybody in line. So on and so forth. Lucas, I'm, gonna, I'm wasting time. I'm sorry here. I just, these are my babies, man. I can talk about them. I wish I needed an Instagram. Lucas is full of the spirit of the Lord. All right, let me stop. Let me stop. We got to go. We got to go. We got to go. We got out of here. Um, man, if we're going to be godly leaders, can we just follow the Lord? Can we, just, can we just spend time with him? Can we just get to know him? Can we just walk in his path and just see where he has to take us? We're gonna, uh, the band's going to come back up. And they're going to lead us, and we're going to go to the table. And I'm going to ask, um, I'm going to give us just a moment to kind of reflect. And I'm going to come back, and I'm going to ask our, our three uh, new brothers and sisters, Molly, Olivia, and Jaden, I'm going to ask them to kind of lead us to the table. Right? There's long been a prophecy in this, in this congregation that our youth would lead us into all the things we want to see happen. I believe that is happening. We're going to get a picture of that today. So would you just take a moment, would you reflect on the ways in which you need the Lord to lead you uh, into the path that he has laid out for you? And, uh, and then we'll come to the table. Lord, uh, we just, I just want to give you praise for all this, God. You're so good to us. Your leadership is complete. You watch over us. There's so many times I chicane everything. And yet, through your shikad, through your watching, you've made all things good. So God, as we, your people, move now into response, I pray that you would just be delighted. I pray that you would receive our praise, and that you would just sit back and take it in, that you would just make much of yourself. I thank you for every young man and woman in this room, the power that you've given them, God. I pray that through your Holy Spirit, they would come to know the ways in which you have shaped them and through the transformation, the renewing of your minds, their minds, they would prove that which is your good and perfect will. And that through that, the world would be blessed. So hear us now, Father, as we praise you. And as we come to your table, in your name we pray, amen.